Well, good evening, everyone, and welcome to Astounding Love, a Global Church Fellowship Wednesday night Bible study. I am Pastor Lanzine Lee, and I'm here to bring you Kingdom 101 Relationships. I'm going to look forward to hearing what the Holy Spirit has to say to us tonight, and let's go ahead and get started. This is a pre-recorded teaching, so therefore, those of you that join us uh, for this on the Astounding Love website or Facebook page, I should say, this is probably coming up just a little bit later than usual. I'm trying new technology tonight, so prayerfully, no doubt about it, we will only have one video. Let's open up in prayer. I'll tell you what your textbooks are, and uh, we will continue on like that. Father, we praise you, and we give you glory and honor and praise and thanksgiving in the name of Jesus. We thank you. We glorify you. We worship you. All of the attributes that are yours are released to you tonight. And I thank you for the power of your word. I thank you for your magnificent grace at work in our lives. I thank you for a deeper revelation and a greater understanding of what you desire to impart to us so that our walk is in alignment with you. I hear songs like, Jesus, you're the center of my joy. And I love you, Lord. I do. I hear so many songs resonating on the inside of me. And it is my prayer tonight that I accurately release the words, Holy Spirit, that you desire to impart, to place, to seed into our hearts, into our minds, into our, our, our ears, into every gate, every opening that we grant you, and that we learn to submit all the more and yield to you and allow you to enter in the way you want to. I am eager to hear what it is that you have to say to us. And so I submit my tongue to you, sir. I submit my will and my ways and my vocabulary. Teach us tonight what you want us to, to learn, not just to have knowledge, but to have relationship. And I praise you and thank you. I receive these words by faith in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Well, you know that we have been talking for the last... Uh, since we started this, we're talking about relationships. We're talking about friendships. We're talking about all kinds of ships. That's the way we put it. And we'll go back into that. Uh, I like to kind of pull us back to the notes and and bring it forward to the next part of what it is that we're going to talk about. So what we I want to look at tonight, and our textbooks are the Bible. Uh, always the Holy Spirit written inspired book. So we start with that one. And yes, I am still using my key uh, word study Bible, but the, uh, that which is not a plug for it. It's just, I really like this word. And so we're going to come out of the word of God and we're going to come out of the book called The Grace Factor, which is written by Dr. Barry Cook. Uh, it says, uh, the subtitle is Why God Will Never Give Up on You. And we're going to use that one in conjunction with our conversation about friendship, okay? The other book we may come out of is mine, which is called Kingdom 101, which is what this uh, series is based upon. So there's that one as well. And But I know for sure I, that we'll come out of the Bible. And I believe for sure we'll come out of uh, Dr. Barry's book. And I'm pretty sure we'll come out of mine. But uh, it just depends. So what I want to do, I'm going to sink into this. I don't want to rush. I don't have a lot of notes. I have a lot of things that are written down, but I don't have an outline that I'm coming off of tonight. I'm just kind of extracting. I'm listening to what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. And what we want to do tonight is bring healing. And we want to bring understanding. And we want to bring each of us into a place where we are willing to submit all the more to the desire of God for our life, because the objective is to, is to please the King is to have God resonate in pleasure because his children choose to be obedient to him because his sons are, are walking after the pattern that was established by the Lord Jesus Christ to please the father. That's why we're here. And in that, other people receive healing and breakthroughs and, and including you and my choice to be obedient to him and only say what he wants me to say, I believe will open up some things for you because I know they'll also open up things for me. So here's the first thing. These are nuggets. It's a nugget night, not chicken nuggets, but scripture nuggets. All right. The first one 
is that you must have a revelation of the love of God for you to be a friend. Now, we're talking friendship still. We talked about having, first of all, the key relationship, the one that we have to keep developing for all of our days and all of eternity is the relationship with the Father, with the Son, and with Holy Spirit, the relationship with God. And because Holy Spirit is the one in the earth, he's the one that opens it up and leads us into the relationship with Jesus, the friendship with Jesus, the, the courtship that Jesus has for us. And he opens up the Father's heart to us and teaches us and reveals these things to us. And so, but Many people think of God as somewhere out there, you know, like way up in the sky past the moon and the stars and somewhere, I guess, beyond this, beyond the, 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 the visual that we have. And I used to relate to him that way, too. I, I used to when I traveled in an airplane, I felt, well, flying in a plane brought me closer to God because I did not yet have that true understanding that. It's because he abides in me and I'm in him. That's why I have the close relationship to God, whether I'm in a plane or I'm on the ground. And so when you come out of that type of thinking that he's always far, far away and you're going to have to yodel or do something in order to get him or, you know, go through all these gyrations, then already we're on the wrong track. And the word of God is in our lives to bring us into alignment and understanding that he's not that far away. He's right here with us. Emmanuel, God with us. Okay. That So this revelation of his love for you, it's not a song that you sing in a church service. Oh, how he loves you and me. It's, it's not a song we sing back to him. I love you, Lord. I love you. I do. Though those are parts of, I would say the in and out, the ebb and flow, the intercoursing of relationships. We remember that God is spirit and you and I have a tendency to think he can't love us because of how naughty we are in our little bodies, you know, how naughty we are in our mind, our will, our emotions and things that we do, how mean we can be to people or how much we feel sorry for ourselves. It's really the human meathead that is feeling sorry for itself. When the spirit is alive to the things of God, then you you know that you get to you get to be more, you get to do more, and that it is spirit to spirit communication. The love of God radiates from him. He he cannot help but love you because he is love. That's who he is. How can he be to us anything other than what he actually is? You see, he's not phony. And so when you look at that from that perspective then you start to get a revelation. How? How do I get the revelation of his love? Well, you understand, first of all, that the word of God is the voice of God and that the things that you read in the Bible, that you what we read in this word are the things that he actually says. He says these things to us in Song of Songs or Song of, uh, the Song of Songs, which is uh, some people I think refer to the Song of Solomon or it's got different names, but but it's the book that tells the love story of the bride. And then there's other Psalms and things that where these songs are being sung, where this love song, eternal love song is, is constantly playing. It's, it's, it's the biggest hit of all 24, seven, 365 and beyond that Jesus started the big hit, though it actually started in the garden. God did not create man because he was lonely. God did not create man because he didn't have anything to do. And God did not create man because he didn't have anybody to be Lord over. None of that was true, but it's because of the expression and desire to express his love for us that God created us. And then what did he do? He put himself in us, not because he's narcissistic, but to enable the holiness of himself, to be able to relate to us, to embrace us, to be one with us, to walk with us, to talk with us. He saw to it in the creation in, Gen in the book of Genesis, what he was doing was making man in, in his image. And he said, let us make man in our image after our likeness so that we can dwell in and among, we can dwell among them. We can be, they can be in our presence and not be destroyed. And it takes God in us or upon us, around us to be able to do that. And you see, as you read, when Moses wanted to see so much more, he was so hungry for. And God said, I, I can show you aspects of me, but there are parts of me that you cannot see. Why? Because 
I'm not in you. I cannot dwell in you eternally. And so if I let you see me in the splendor of who I am, it would destroy you unless I'm able to bring you among it within my own atmosphere, you see. And there's a whole lot more to it. But basically, you want a revelation of how much God loves you. Why don't you ask him to give it to you? That to me is the simplest. Let's just go straight to the source. I would like you to show me. And see, that's the pleasure of God because God wants to show us how much he loves us. God wants to pour out and demonstrate his great love for us. I wrote a blog um, recently that I have not really published. It's published, but I don't talk about it a lot as I am doing now. <laughs> and in it, I was getting the opportunity to impart to the reader the heart of God and how he touched me. And then what it was that he was saying and it was expressing to me, I got a moment of time in which I felt the heart of God for all mankind, all of creation, all of his people. And so you're invited to read it. I I believe it's Ms. L3. Well, you can look it up. It's called I'm Just Asking. I'm Just Asking. And it will be posted for you to see it. I'm sure Minister Frederick will put that. Uh, he'll even put the link down so that you'll be able to read it. But another thing that I did, and I have to redo it because unfortunately it did not record properly, is I read the words themselves. So you'll be able to hear that on a podcast, which we will get up and, and going very quickly. I'll do my best to get that done. And you'll hear it from the lyrical to it's somewhat sensual. I just tell people it's a bit spicy. So if you like your religion code, don't bother, just leave it alone. Don't go there. If you have beliefs that God is not passionate, then I would advise you not to read it because you see, God is the originator of passion. Man did not come up with that. The commodity, the things that the world does are not the things that God does. And the, God is the one that you can spend time in his presence. You can spend time with him as a lover. And yet you come out clean. You don't feel dirty afterwards. A lot of other things, no, not so much. So you must have a revelation of his love. If you're going to be a friend to anyone else, and if you're going to be able to understand the relationships that you have with other people and how friendships can sometimes be a bit ooh, um, touchy, having the love of God, the, the revelation of God's love for you, and then the revelation of God's love for others enables you to walk in relationship with people, with the friends that God chooses to bring into your life for the expansion of his kingdom or for the growth and the promotion. There's a number of reasons. Everything I think pertains to calling, to developing, to growing in the things of God, the way that he really desires for us to do. And so I'm inviting you again to ask him simply, how do you love me? Would you show me, please? Would you show me how you love me? And then be prepared that the rest of your days in the earth and throughout all eternity, you will know what it is to be loved and your whole appearance will change. So his word is our reality. And his truth is that framework that we look in and we live spirit to spirit. I'm a, I'm a romantic of sorts. I like, not in my clothing style, but in a lot of stuff. And I like the songs sung in the ear. I love the idea of the lover that speaks to you and speaks to you in such an engaging way that you want to fall back into his arms and you want to listen or for a man, you want to, you want, you want to bring her close and you want to hear the words that they have to say, because their words, not just a, it's words of caring. It's words to build us up. It's words of encouragement. And sometimes it's a truth that we don't necessarily like to hear, but because we can trust that the one that loves us, the friend that sticks to us is telling us things not for any other purpose, but to promote us, to see us to grow and to help us to move beyond things that could be potentially harmful to us. See, that's the motivation of the love of God. It's never to shame you. It's never to 
demean you or diminish your value. In fact, everything God says is to increase. And these are the qualities you think, okay, you're talking about God again. Yes, of course I am. But also what I'm doing is sharing with us. I believe the spirit of the Lord is letting us know. These are the qualities of a friend. These are the qualities that you, he wants us to have in friendships and he wants us to release in friendships because it has to, as the, as you'll hear a vernacular that cuts both ways, cuts both ways would be a covenant term. It's the cutting, it's the drawing of the blood, it's the release of that, it's the mixing of those things to create a strong friendship, identical scars, you know, it's something that says we bleed together, we plead together, we walk together, we fight on the same side, we fight one for another, my sword is your sword, my provision is your provision, my love is your love, you see, and so that's the concept of the father in me doing the work. That's the belief. Jesus saying, I lay down my life for my friends. No greater love has no man than to lay down his life, lay down a secret agenda, cease and desist from, I want, I only want to be around you because of what you can give me. I've heard people, and this is, may happen a little bit earlier. Uh, I'm moving into the marriages as well in this, because I think that friendship is a very strong component of a marriage relationship. And because again, it's covenant that you're talking about. And I've heard people say, I, I ask people from time to time, so you want to be married? And they'll tell me yes. And when I ask them why, one of the answers that people give is because I want somebody to love me. And I think, well, no, that's not actually, that's not quite the answer that you should be looking for because you've already stated who you think is the most important person in your marriage relationship. It would be you. That isn't the way it works. I just want somebody to love me. No, no. And can I say that one more time? No, <laughs> you already have somebody that loves you. Jesus told us this even in John 3, 16, when he was speaking to Nicodemus and he said, God, so love, poor God, so loved the world that he gave me. See, God has proven to you how much he loves you because he gave me for you as a ransom to bring you back to himself because he wasn't going to leave you out there abandoned. Now you wanting, I want friends because I'm lonely. No, I want friends because I, I just need somebody to talk to. No, I want friends. And all of the reasons that point back to you first, no, the Bible tells you, show yourself to be a friend. If you want friends, show yourself to be a friend and take a good look at the qualities. Look at the, the, the God part of you that you're willing to release. And then look at the, the, the earthly, sensual, devilish part of you that God wants you to release to him and get rid of so that you will be effective as a friend. So because honestly, you're going to still have to have the same elements of an apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher for the edifying, for the, for the equipping of the saints is Ephesians chapter four talks about the equipping of the saints. Um, I'm going to just paraphrase for the growing up of the body, for the expansion of others to help other people to become everything that they were put here to be. Now that doesn't mean that you yourself are left out. No, but that's my purpose in being a friend. And then there are other people God brought has brought to my life that's their purpose for being my friend. They want to be in my life to see me grow. They want to see the promise, the potential that they see, or the, the, they see the seed, the form of it. And they say, wow, I see the greatness of God in you, not my own greatness, but the greatness of God. And I'm here to help water that and cultivate that and help you to develop that so that you will flourish and be seen in the fullness of that. That's the same reason you want to marry. It's the same reason that you raise your children or, the, or you do things in ministry or in church. Nobody that's truly dedicated in ministry is in ministry for the fame. I guarantee you there is no such thing. And we're not in ministry because we want people to like us. I promise you that's not in the list of things that anybody that goes into the ministry sober-minded and aware no, we learned pretty quick that that's not necessarily so. It's recognizing that I don't care what you think of me. Once God has shown me who you are and what you look like, you have a friend for life. Let's look at some scripture that I want to, um, to add to that. I love this in Psalm chapter 119. 
which is the longest one. And David wrote this. And he said in the King James Version, I'm going to look at verse... Uh, I'm going to start, let's start with verse 59. And I, I want to read it. I'm going to read it primarily out of the Passion Translation. But I'm also going to go ahead. Let me use this one. And I'll also read it out of the King James. So Psalm 119. And we're going to start at verse 58. Yeah, let's go to start with verse 58. Okay. All right, here we go. I love that part too. I, scriptures pop off the page at me here. Okay. So he says, I entreat thy favor with my whole heart. Be merciful unto me according to your word or according to thy word. I thought on my ways and I turned my feet into your testimonies. I made haste and delayed not to keep thy commandments. Now that verse right there, verse 59, I thought on my ways. This is kind of one of the things that we're, we're talking about here. I thought about how I do things. I think about uh, how satisfied I am or how comfortable I want to be. I have to have everything the way I want it. And I, I have some of that. I'm pretty exacting, actually. Um, I have in this space where I sit here and talk to you. This is the living room. In my house, I have a few rooms in the house that kind of look like studios. I've got all these lights up and stuff because when we're doing things online, we have to make sure that you don't just see teeth and you can't find us or something in the picture, right? So we are very well lit. Thank you, Sochi Rodriguez, for all that you do for us, um, sister friend. But we also, I want to be able to look around me and see things that I just think are pretty. So my living room where it's pretty cozy in here, but everything is pretty much in these elements here. The only color is missing is purple, but I've got it. And so everything in here is like creamy white gold. And, and then these pops of color all over the place because it's a pleasure to sit in here and to talk about the things of God or to spend time in prayer, talking to him. And so when people come and they move my pillows around. I got pillows all over the place. I'm sure you can tell that. I'm always like, well, before you leave, put them back. You know, you can take them off because there's there's so many pillows on my couches and chairs. It's kind of hard to put your body in there unless you're the size of a toddler. So we have to move things around. But when they're ready to go, I ask them, let's put it back. Why? So when I'm sitting here, I'm looking at the beauty and appreciating this room. And all the things that God has put here. Now, the rest of the house, because we're constantly over going through a whole lot and I've got my brothers and my daughter and so forth. We the rest of the house, maybe not as much. I've got another studio in the kitchen in my office area where um, it's kind of got the same thing that in that specific area, we want things to be pleasing. Why? Well, first and foremost, I think because it's beautiful. But and we're speaking and representing the king. The, and the kingdom of God. And then for you to watch, to enjoy, we kind of want things not to be disturbing to you. So we're always looking and wanting to perfect those things. And it's with you in mind, not to be showy, not to be impressive, but to make it a place that you're like, wow, you're, I'm sitting right there in your living room with you. And that's what, what this is about. Now, I consider though my ways and how I sometimes can speak to people if I'm fussy or feeling stressed or whatever, it's my responsibility to pay attention to how I talk to other people. And it is my responsibility to change it and to come in alignment with the way God wants me to talk to other people. So here again, I thought on my ways. I do because I want people to walk away from me feeling built up or feeling like there's hope where they didn't have any before. I want you to be edified. I want you to be encouraged. I want you to feel like, you know what, I, she, what was released is the word of God. And I'm going to take that word and I'm going to let it change me. That's the way you're supposed to be able to walk away from me. You're not supposed to walk away feeling so small and insignificant because I'm caring more about my pillows than I care about you. So if you have a sensitive kind of place in you, we sometimes have to work at that. If you don't know what I'm like as a friend, then you are going to think that I could be your enemy. I can be for some people too direct, too straightforward, too this, too that and the other. So what do I do? 
I don't change that, but I can tone it down and bring them in to the place where we can develop trust and they can see the care is genuine. Those are the type of things here, what he's saying. And then he says, I made haste. Huh. And I delayed not to keep thy commandments. The hands of the wicked have robbed me, but I have not forgotten your law. See, I'm not going to change just because of what how people treat me. At midnight, I will rise to give thanks unto thee because of thy righteous judgments. I'm a companion of all that fear you and of them that keep your precepts. That verse right there is verse 63. Now I'm going to read the same passage, verses 57 through 63, and I'm going to read them from the Passion Translation, which if you have it, I'm giving you enough time to find it, then you can join with me. Psalm 119, verse, uh, what did I say? Starting at verse 47, uh, 57. He says, you are my satisfaction. I got to read you verse 56. I love the way it says this. All this joy is mine. God, this is awesome. I'm going to just do do Okay, from the Passion, I'm going to start at verse 55. Throughout the night, I think of you, dear God. I treasure your every word to me. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All this joy is mine as I follow your ways. You are my satisfaction, Lord, and all that I need. So I'm determined to do everything you say. Verse 58, with all my heart, I seek your favor. Pour out your grace on me as you promised. Verse 59, when I realize that I'm going astray, I turn back to obey your instructions. Verse 60, I give my all to follow your revelation light. I will not delay to obey. Even when temptations encircle me with evil, I won't forget for a moment to follow your commands. In the middle of the night, I awake to give thanks to you because of all your revelation light, so right and true. Verse 63, this is where we'll key it. Anyone who loves you and bows in obedience to your words will be my friend. Isn't that gorgeous? I'm going to read it again. This is Psalm 119, verse 63 in the Passion Translation. Anyone who loves you and bows in obedience to your words will be my friend. And that there, any that keep your precepts will be, there will be a companion is the, the word in the King James. It's a companion. And that's somebody that's an associate, a fellow worshiper, if you will. It's somebody that wants the things from God that you want. Somebody that is your companion, your, your, your friend that sticks close, that loves from the same source that you do. This is the component of friendship in the kingdom that, that, cause we're talking kingdom relationships. That is, it's, it's like the, gosh, it's the, it's the icing on the cake. You know, it's the everything, someone that loves from the same source that you do. They get their instructions on how to be a friend. They get their uh, mindset on how to be a friend. They get their standards for what a friend is from the same source that you do, the originator of relationship himself, the Lord God Almighty. That's what we want when we're looking at friendship. Now, there are this this has to do with being in um no matter where you happen to be, uh, no matter how you um how you choose to look at people, you know, we just said it's spirit to spirit. And if you hear a lot of stuff in the background, it's my brother who was sitting here as part of my audience. Um, but spirit to spirit is what we are. We, these flesh and blood bodies that we live in, and, and this is what people see when they look at us on the surface, they see your skin, they see your body, they see your shape or your size, they see your facial expressions, they see uh, all of the things that from head to toe that make us. But in the spirit realm, we see you as he is. We see one another according to the eyes of God. We look through the eyes of the finished work. We look through the eyes of God's pleasure in us. 
And so this enables us when the mind, the will, the emotions, the physical body, when we're going through the challenges of life, when we get hit unexpectedly with things that bring pain, when betrayal comes and all this, these are the things, or somebody smears your name, scandalizes your name. This is when we have the opportunity to step forward when they're hurting because somebody died, because something was taken away. They suffered a loss. You don't necessarily ask the friend how you're doing. You just be there, you know. All of a sudden, everything in my schedule can change because my friend needs me. And sometimes they hurt so bad they don't want to let you in. Sometimes they hurt so bad or they've listened to lies or they've been twisted in their thinking for so long. They don't know how to let you in. And so you go back to the best friend that we all have, the one that you are now. Remember what we said at the top of this, that you have the revelation that he loves you. So you can withstand, even when a friend is going through a tough time, you can withstand the pressures and the fires of, 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 of flesh, if you will. And you can rise, let, let the Christ, let the power of love, the love of God rise up in you. That same revelation that not only does he love you, but he loves that person. And you will lean back and let him speak in your ear to tell you how he wants to relate to them and you're able to relate to them. So that's the kind of thing that we're talking about in this. Now, let me, I'm staying in this same place, but since that's where we uh, segged over to, I want to read this out of the book, The Grace Factor. And I just want to, this is page um, 74 and 75. Now in this book, Dr. Cook is talking about the way God loves us. But I think that it's, you know, because what we're looking at tonight as we're, we're winding down the part on friendship. Um, the thing is, is that the way that God loves us is the, in, is the way he enables us to love others because he wants to love others through us. So this friendship with him allows us to release or have the flow, flow in that. And that's the flow of, of, of what we want to release. Now, this is, uh, again, I'm going to read, I think, much of pages 74 and 75. I, I was going through this and I'm, I'm telling you, it's just a very powerful thing. So here we go. It says, not perfect but not forsaken. Now we looked at this last week. We haven't gotten too far. This is the section of this book I really want to focus on in these conversations or one of the sections I should say. But we had looked at Isaiah 53 verses four and five last week, which says, surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him. We looked at Jesus through the eyes of the flesh and we esteemed or judged him to be stricken and smitten of God and afflicted. We figured he must have done something wrong. I mean, he didn't, his, his little mojo wasn't working because if God supposedly loved him so much and this is what he did to him, then I, I, don't, I don't think it, I don't think God is all that. And I don't think Jesus, you know, was as, as cool as they say, if this is what he went through, that's a total misunderstanding, obviously, of anything and everything that, that is about love. This was a, a divine relationship, covenant relationship, before God ever said, let us make man in our image, the lamb had been slain. Before the foundation of the world, the lamb had been slain. The blood had been shed. The finished work, the plans, the purpose, even the overcoming power and how we would be redeemed. It was in place before we were even born, before Adam was ever formed, before Eve was, Isha was brought out of him, before any of those things took place. See, God had a plan had a blueprint, knows what he's doing. So here we, but the eyes of a man, the eyes that look through sin, the eyes that look through wounds, the eyes that look through performance, the eyes that don't understand, they would esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. That word, but there negates everything. And it is such a powerful thing. It wasn't a little, but he was, that he was, no, it's like, but <laughs> he said, uh-uh, but see, let me bring you to an understanding. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. And so you see somebody took your place. 
the chastisement, the punishment of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, we are healed. And so these are the things that he is saying. He said, no, this is all a part of the plan of God. This is all a part of everything that God wanted to do. This was this was no not an accident. This was not a oops, we made a mistake. No, this was intentional, divine intent. And so he loves us at all times, is what I wrote down. Not perfect, but not forsaken. So look at that in it. Listen to what's being said with Isaiah 53, 4 and 5 in your in your heart to, to say, okay, through this portal, through this window, I'm gonna look at this. That the simplest and most profound aspect of Christianity is found in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. It was upon the cross that he died as a sacrifice, or as Timothy says, a ransom for all. 1 Timothy 2.6 All areas of human existence were provided for by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. Everything was provided for our existence. Grace was on the job before we ever came into the picture. I mean, God left nothing, nothing to chance. Everything is predicated upon himself. So here he, we've read the scripture, Isaiah 53, 4 and 5. It says the total man, spirit, soul, and body was recovered by the work of Jesus. Eternal salvation came by putting God's own life inside of us by the Holy Ghost. The light of his spirit flooded into the darkness that dominated our spirit. See, when the Holy Spirit came to live on the inside of us, the light came on. And so did the potential to understand and to see and to know. This is why you could all of a sudden say no. He was not afflicted. He was not stricken by God, smitten by God. No, 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 it wasn't like that. And you start to get the glimmer, the opportunity for the revelation of love when light comes on on the inside of you. So can your understanding of love begin to move. So our minds were given access to the very mind of God so that we can know his will, his plans and experience the very peace and joy of God. Our worries, grief, and sorrows were replaced with his love, faith, and power. Finally, our bodies were purchased by the blood of Jesus, and we were given access to his healing power. And that's not just flowing to us, because Jesus gave the, he has flowed his healing power before anybody was born from above. But now that we have his light, when now that we have all this in us, what else do we have? We have what he says here. He gave us authority to go in this new power and show others how they too can get free and stay free. All right, let me keep going. God has not forsaken you. Now let's look at the elements of friendship. What God did here, all right, he, we, he brought light. He gave of himself and he brought light to turn on in darkness. So a friend is going to not come and stay in darkness with you. But a friend from God is going to bring the light of God with them and help to turn that light on inside of you in moments where you're in darkness or in moments where you're in despair or hurting. And you as a friend are filled with the same light, see equipped with it to be able to do the same. Now we can also start to do that for people that don't know Jesus. Yes, absolutely. That, But that's a different aspect of friendship, extension of covenant. But what we're talking about right now is the people that you're in relationships with, in friendships with, and, and seeing it that if you're with, I, again, I do want to, let me give the disclaimer. I'm not telling you to dump the people that you currently call friends. I'm saying that if you and your friend are both born from above and you both claim Jesus as Lord and your elements of friendship are still on the carnal, earthly, sensual, devilish level, then you're never going to attain the in the friendship, the roots that are necessary to walk or to run hard and to, and to be in covenant one with another. There's still room, there's always room for misunderstandings until we decide not to have them. But what I'm telling you is that the, let's say it this way, the mission of the friendship is not going to be accomplished if you stay at the level of the world and you don't rise to the level of the kingdom. Your friendships, all of our friendships can. Well, what if they don't want to go with me? 
then leave it to God to deal with it because it just because they don't want to go today doesn't mean that they won't want to go later in the day. You can just trust him to do what he's going to do and let him give you the compassion of heart and even the breaking of the habits of familiarity and start seeing each other in the spirit. I mean, you know, that's a really great strengthener. Some of my friends and I, we pray together and then we practice walking in the things of the supernatural. We want to know from the word of God, what does this mean? And we start exploring these things together. And okay, that's nerd girl for you, but you know, hey, there you go. It's fun stuff for me. And for some of the people that I call friends, it's fun for them too. And others, it gets to be fun if they want to join us because it's never closed off to them, but it's just another way. So let me keep going because I'm I'm, um, paying attention to the time. God is not forsaking you and he never gives up on us. He never gives up on us. He loves uh, everyone and wants to help us. He extends his love and help to those who have experienced the disillusionment of divorce and the chains of addictions. God's love is for the woman who had an abortion and feels dirty, used, and guilty. He is there for those who are in the grip of cynicism and have given up on the church. He is reaching out to those bound by religious ritual and legalistic performance. Okay. Now he talks about how religion is not a bad word in itself. And it isn't. It's a system of practices based on one's beliefs in God. Man is innately religious. Most people have found some kind or have some kind of faith in God, but Satan takes that desire to experience God and perverts it into a form of godliness. He tricks man into believing that he can attain a relationship with God through his own human works. Now that right there, man, that's the thing. You see, a friend. A friend is not going to give up on you. A friend loves you and wants to help you, but not do it for you. Okay. Uh, Things he's not going to um, judge you if you've been through a divorce. Nope. Or uh, if a woman that had an abortion and this, that, that. So you can just see that, that these things that he's saying about God are the ways that God wants us to look at one another. When the woman was found, I'm going to say naked in the bed with a man and was brought out and they let the man go or whatever they did. And they brought her to Jesus to, uh, to set her up to be killed. And Jesus, I'm sure his disciples covered her. I'm sure that's the first thing they didn't leave this woman standing naked in the streets in front of all of these men. But Jesus, the Bible tells us that when they were saying, Hey, this is what's supposed to happen to her. And the Bible talks about how he stooped down to the ground and started to uh, draw in the in the ground or write in the ground. And everybody, I, I know I've heard many teachers kind of wonder what he wrote. I personally have always thought he was waiting to hear what the Holy Spirit wanted to do. Because, you know, it's like, I'm only going to do what I hear the Father do. I'm only going to say what I hear the Father say. And I'm only going to, I'm not going to look at this woman and, and, and check her out and see all this. This is a naked woman. So a man from what I am, I'm not a man, but from what I understand, um, if, if a woman is naked and you see her, you're going to look. But Jesus didn't. He, I'm sure he saw her, but I'm also sure that he chose to hear what the Lord said and not keep his gaze upon her in what others had meant for shame. But when he heard what the spirit of the Lord said, I'm, I'm, I see in that word that he obeyed. That means he didn't get up. He didn't say uh, he didn't do the things they wanted him to do. He did what God wanted. He was extending friendship to her covenant love covenant covenant covering and protection to this woman by not treating her the way others demanded that she be treated and in the end when they all slinked away slunk away uh at, you know oozed out and left the thing that he asked her or well, where are your accusers is there no one left she said there was no one there he said well i'm not going to do it you see because that's not what i was sent to do that's what a friend does. Where is everybody that badmouthed you? Where is everybody that accused you, lied on you, told on you, or said things and and sometimes told told the truth or exposed you about something instead of covering you? You see, the the ones that were after her, they exposed her. But the ones that were with Jesus, I just believe very strongly, they covered her. And that's the difference between a true friend. And a name only or social media only friend. 
One will expose you, the other will cover you. It was true this woman was in adultery. It is true that she was in the very act. That was not a lie, but exposing her to the ridicule and the shame that would come from society was absolutely beneath the standard of a godly, true kingdom friend. It's not done. If you find yourself in a scenario with someone that actually did do whatever it is, well, you get to determine um, whether you're going to scoot and leave or you're going to hunker down with them in the time that they need you the most. You listen to God. You do like Jesus. I'm going to stoop down. I'm going to listen, Holy Spirit. I'm going to come beneath, not stand over them. I'm going to come beneath so that they, when they look down and shame tries to overcome, they're going to see me. All right. Somebody needed that. So you take that. God isn't forsaking you and a friend doesn't either. All right. Let me skip down here. He says, Satan is very deceptive. Okay. Here it is. Let me go. Satan takes the desire to experience God and perverts it into a form of godliness. He tricks man into believing that he can attain a relationship with God through his own human works. He recreates the image of God so that man sees God as one who does not allow for mistakes and punishes weakness and failure. Satan is very deceptive. He's the father of lies, I'll add, blinding people's minds so that they have no understanding of the way God really feels about them. You see what I'm saying? Got to have the revelation of his love for you. Or you can fall into that trap if it happens to be you. Maybe you've got secrets. Maybe you are walking around with some things going on inside of you that you don't want other people to know. Maybe you're fronting your, Christi your Christianity. Maybe you feel like the biggest hypocrite ever, but you've got to keep that face on. You have to keep wearing that mask. You cannot take it off because if you're exposed, you feel like that's it. Your ministry is over. People will walk away from you and it's the end of it. Find the friend. Let the spirit of the Lord lead you to the friend because the friend can help you to come out of the situation instead of continually being slapped around and tormented by the demonic because you're wearing a false face. So I think that there are many individuals out there. They, um, we talk good talk. We talk purity and we're out there um, having sex with, with somebody and we're not married to them. We talk, um, about generosity and we are stingy even to the point I won't give you a single piece of my bacon you know that's a joke for people that know me but um you know we talk a good talk but we don't live it we talk about being uh clean and and and, and we're just as slovenly as they come we're picky when we're out in public but oh my goodness we're a hot mess when we get home uh we talk about oh i just love you with the love of the lord when we're out and about and then we're slapping our kids or yelling at our spouses or always nitpicking 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 complaining and, and so forth and so on and you get to a place where you're going to simply have to get in front of the word of God, the mirror of the word, and allow yourself to be confronted by love and truth and come into a place where you cross over into obedience. And if that's you, I'm encouraging you. God has friends for you that see you. He'll allow them to see because they will not judge. They will instead be a bridge to help you to break through, to cross over. So um, please take that. Please cease and stop, stop being phony. You know, I'm married and I actually cheat on my spouse or I hate my spouse or I talk bad about my spouse around other people. There's so much. I'll just leave it alone right now. But this is what we're talking about in terms of it's it's a religion. It's a thing. God God won't. If you expose that, God's going to turn his back on you. God's going to tell other people about how evil you are. God is going to kick you to the curb, kid, just as fast as he can. And, and, and you're going to be booted out of, of Christianity. Well, no, that's not true. But you can believe that's true if you don't believe he loves you. He says, um, Satan is very deceptive, blinding people's minds so that they have no understanding of the way God really feels about them. His most powerful tools are guilt and shame. Shame would drive mankind in the wrong direction, away from the presence of Father. This is the destructive power of shame. Rather than draw us to the place of healing, it drives us to run and hide from God and others. Unable to bear the guilt of our actions, we hunt for places of seclusion that result in a numbing sense of loneliness. 
Satan uses our experiences to convince us that life can never be lived at a higher level. Now he goes on after this and he gives his testimony. I'm going to save that one, I think, for next week because I'm going to stick with this. And again, I was reading from pages 74 and 75 out of the book called The Grace Factor by Dr. Barry Cook. So I just want you to see that that's not what a friend does. And if you're around individuals that say they love you and God, and they just, I'm your friend. So I'm just telling you the truth. Well, there's a way to tell the truth. And there's a way to constantly accuse people of their past. There's a way in which you could say, oh yeah, I remember we used to kick it like this and, and it's fun and you laugh and this way. Yeah. You always have been mean. You always were stupid. I mean, you've always been this, you've always been that. You're not helping anybody when you do things like that. So again, as it said in the word, I'm going to examine my ways. I'm going to take a look at what I do. I'm going to see what kind of a friend am I? Am I a jealous friend? Am I a backbiter? Am I secretly so insecure that I need to see them fail? Would I sell them out for the highest dollar? You know, somebody said, if you give me this, I'll give you this. If you turn this person in, are you a Judas type of person that you think that you're a friend? Gosh, Pastor Lansing, why would you say things like that to help you to get it out? You see, I, I think I, I'm not fooled by by myself. I, I lived in that deception. And, and I, I, I want to get into this, um, what Dr. Barry is talking about here, because it's the truth. You walk around and you think that you're supposed to be a certain way because you're stuck. You're stuck in this trap. This, this as you can said here, this depressing, striving, rules-oriented Christian lifestyle. You're stuck and you need to get out. You're suffocating. You're feeling like, I cannot breathe. I cannot wear this mask. I cannot stay in this anymore. And you're either going to, you're being tempted to backslide and walk away because you don't think you can trust God in anybody to help you to cross over. You don't think that there's anybody that will look at you and love you, seeing you as you've been, but it's not actually who you are. It's what you've been acting like because it's not how God sees you. And spirit to spirit, we can see how the intention of, or how the works of darkness have been working you like a, like a slave, if you will, working you like a puppet. But God sees you as a treasure and these friends, your friends see you the same way. Those that are the who? The God appointed covenant friend. Are you one or do you need one? Many of us are very blessed to have such a person in our life. Some of us have more than one. I do. And I had to, it's been tested. It gets tested. Can I trust you? I've been tested so many times. I, I can't even tell you. And, and I can tell you this. I flunked the test. I failed the test many times because I looked at people from the flesh. I looked at people from the way they treated me. I looked at people from the way they said it. And my feelings were out there. I'm telling you for you to hurt I looked at people and I and because I carried rejection as soon as their words were something that was less than what I wanted, I'd let rejection distort my hearing so that I heard them and said, they're not really good friends to me. They don't like me. They this, they that. Never really looking to see, hey, you may have come in such a way that it brought up their insecurity. You may have come in such a way that they felt that the hurt that they've been walking in, the wounds that they still carry, felt challenged or threatened by you showing up and immediately threw up self-defense uh, shields to keep one such as you out, you see? Because they were like, no, if she gets in, see, I brought so much light. Maybe that's what it was. In, in some cases, that is what it is. In other cases, it was like, um, I was phony on another level was my insecurity was transmitting uh, uh, radar and beep, 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 you know, something like that to them. And they were like, I cannot take another drama, this or that. See, I'm a drama free zone. And what I mean by that, you come with high anxiety. I love playing and laughing and, and having a good time. But if you bring the drama of the relationships and the police are about to come and all that stuff, I'm going to cut it quick. I didn't say cut you, but in the spirit, we're going to cut that mess out. You're not bringing that 
garbage, that life, that ghetto stuff. And what do I mean by ghetto? Am I talking about a neighborhood? No, I'm talking about a demonic mentality that brings poverty and it brings lack and destruction and division. I'm not talking about a geographical location. I'm talking about a spiritual effect. And I'm telling you, you're not bringing that trash around me and thinking that we're all going to camp there. You bring your poverty men mentality into my house, the poverty's got to go. And as long as you're here, you're going to be in a free environment. Now, if you want to pick up that dirt when you go out the door, that's on you. But as long, and I want to keep you in the environment where the spirit of God, where the love of God and where the wealth of the kingdom, which is love and peace and joy. It's not just the gold, but it is the gold. It's bringing the gold out in you. That's what we do. Iron sharpens iron, friends, love at all times. And that's pretty much, I think, um, all I have to say. I, I told you I had a lot of, I do have little things written down. I don't think I really touched on any of them other than that. Sorry for the crackling of paper. Um, I'm not even going to bother to look. Every time I do, it's like I don't find that particular sheet until it's all over. Do you have questions for us tonight? I know we're not live, so you'll have to post them. And uh, the minister, Minister Frederick Johnson, who is very excellent about making sure that we that anything that I need to see comes to my attention. And I actually come back over on the board myself and I look through the comments and I comment. Sometimes I comment as astounding love. And when I do, I also put PL3 so that, you know, it's me personally that is, that is responding to you. You see, I'm talking intentional superhuman living in the friendships, in the relationships, my relationship with God, as it pertains to having, receiving and walking in his love. I'm walking in those things that he has for me, which is enabling me to release those things for you. And so I want, I'm going to pray for us before I finish. But if you have questions about this, you want to open up a dialogue about this and do so. And like I said, if it's too, or I have said before, if you feel it's just too personal and you don't want to put it on the private, on the public comments, then messenger us on the Astounding Love page. You can send us a message. We will get it and we will respond to you. You have a prayer request, put that down. You know, you don't actually have to tell me it's because of this is happening or that is happening. If you simply put down there, Pastor Lunzine or Astounding Love, you know, the minister, will you pray for us? Pray for my family, whatever it is. The spirit of the Lord knows what you have need of. And if you've been listening to this particular broadcast, he'll even highlight the areas in your life that he wants to help you to break through. So you can put, you can be vague, but don't be, don't be, you know, when you write it down, we see you. You don't have to try to get our attention. You don't have to do that. You don't have to be puritanical. You don't have to find fault and judgments because it's just telling us how much you hurt. We want to help you with that. I truly recommend this book because these books, I recommend the word of God first and foremost, because the breakthrough is there. I recommend that you find out how much God loves you. Every single ship, this is from my notes that we engage in during our lives must be rooted in Christ and every relationship must be nurtured. Friendships do have to be nurtured. The friendship with uh, the relationship of loving God, the relationship um, of being your own friend by learning how to help, uh, how the Lord wants you to treat yourself. And this one too, friendships must be nurtured. You're going to have to take time. It, it starts sometimes there's small beginnings. Don't despise them. Don't get upset because you want to be friends with somebody and they're not acting the way you want them to. I have some people I meet that we're fast friends immediately. We text back and forth and we're chatting with each other. I could name five women, but if I do name just those five, then there's other five that would think, well, what about me? So I can tell you this, it's five women. First of all, that I appear with every Monday night, um, on the, uh, I think we're on, what are we on? We're on Dominion Unlimited and that program that's called Divinely Designed 21st Century Women. Those five women, I treasure those five. And then I have others, um, one of whom is on there. So I, I well, five of them who are on there, but there are others that are in ministry that um, 
that I really treasure and have met through things like that. So I'm going to say one who I refer to as Sweet Jenny. And um, another one, I guess I could, I could, well, I don't call her Jenny, but, you know, they actually have one's a G and one's a J. But those are others. And then there's, uh, uh, I've got a crystal on the program. And then I've got another one that she's with, one's a C, the other one's a K. And her name's not Crystal. So let me just put it this way. Women like Latasha and Crystal and Anita and Sochi and Leslie and Jennifer and Geneva and uh, Krista are just a few of them. Um, there are others, women, or another, Carlita, another one, Patricia. I, I used to call her Patricia Ann, but her name is Patricia. Another one I treasure, her name is Nicole. Um, I could name every woman that is a part of our ministry. And because I'm not doing roll call, every woman that is a part of our ministry, I include you in this list. And there are women that I've been meeting through other things such as loving unity that I think of and I treasure you. One whose name is Michelle. She's a pastor uh, in New Jersey. Another one whose uh, name is Tracy Joe. Another one whose name, she's an evangelist and her name is Carrie. And another Carrie who lives in Australia and see on and on. And I have writer friends. Um, one who I, I just, uh, you know, I love so deeply. Her name is Diane. She's a writer and a photographer. And see, it goes on and it goes on. And then, yeah, there are men. I have men in my life that are friends to me, too, that I love so dearly. All of those relationships have to be tested to bring forth the gold. They know me in varying degrees, and I'm purposely not naming the men but they know me in varying degrees. And over time, we get to know each other better, but they can watch me with others. And it gives you a sense of what a person is like. I've got new friends that I have never talked to as of yet. Um, friends of friends. I'm thinking of Sweet Sherry, who's another one, okay? And I'm thinking of another one whose name is Robin. And see, it goes on and on and on. I've got family that is friends. I got my precious daughter, my beautiful sisters, my sister, Aileen, my daughter, Raina. And see what I mean? My mom, who I'm not her friend, but my mom sure is my friend. And and then it, it's, do you see what I'm saying? God puts people in your life that will change the direction in which you walk. Some, they, we, we learn from one another. Am I looking at you after the flesh or after the spirit? And then we learn from that. Do you understand what I'm saying? So I've got a couple other names that are kind of coming up in my mind right now. It's like, yes. Did she say my name? Did she say my, I, I didn't say everybody's name. There's a beautiful woman I'm looking forward to meeting whose name is Rosika. And um, she, I just treasure her. Her husband is such a, is such a blessing. And I get to get to meet her. Another woman, another one named Kim, whose husband is a blessing. He's a part of our loving unity. And, and I, I've just gotten to meet her one time, but boy, do I ever love her. Then there's another beautiful woman, sister friend. Her name is Becky. And then another one named Amber. You see what I'm saying? And Shawanda. And it just goes on. I feel like uh, when I was a kid, there was this TV show called Romper Room. And she had this magic mirror and she'd look through it and call everybody's name. And I mean, try as I might, she never, ever, 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 ever said Lundin, never said my name, <laughs> never heard of me. And I was like, I want to be mentioned by whatever her name was. I want to have my name spoken. Magic Mirror, tell me today, do I have friends who come and play? <laughs> it's a good time to end. Anyway, if I didn't say your name this time, type it, type it in and say, hey, would you mention me the next time? Because I, I tell you what, you look at the camera, you go, uh, and, uh, uh, and, and you go, Darn it. I didn't mention this one. And I didn't mention this one. And I didn't mention this one. There's more that I did not mention than I did. But if you want me to mention your name, then write it down. <laughs> I will say it, Lupe. I promise, Deanna. I will say your name, Alicia. <laughs> this is not a Beyonce song, people. Okay, we're done for tonight. Astounding love. You know that it's time for us to be uh, to release the tithes and offerings. So I'm practicing with this stuff. So you can do it. The information is there on the screen that you can give. We do it through Venmo at Astounding Love. Uh, that's um, at Astounding Love. And then we have our P.O. box and we have our Zelle address. I think we have some other ones, but I wasn't really sure of, of what those were or it didn't come out the way I was looking for it. So 
At any rate, that's the information for those of you that want to give. It's Wednesday night. So we are receiving the tithing offerings from our members. Um, and so Susan and Karen, I, I'm saying that to you as well. I'm saying hi also to uh, Geraldine and <laughs> just. We're going to continue to do the names and it's only the women. So all you men, it's like, yes, Pastor Lindsay loves you too. <laughs> I want to thank you guys so much for joining us tonight. I pray that you have the breakthroughs that you have need of. And I have a serious, write your names down. I'll say them, I promise. Um, Frederick, Minister Frederick, you'll just have to give me a list of, of, of all. And some of them don't even, uh, if you watch and you go, this would be the night you watch. <laughs> your name was, was not said. So, okay. Well, I promise we'll, we'll get you next time. So I want to say thank you and to all of you for being a part of this. I release over you right now that there is healing in the life of God, that there is wholeness that is there for you, that there is love that is released to you. And I release those things to you and the and the grace of God, the grace to overcome is is activated on the inside of you and the fires of your friendships will stand the test as you yield and avail yourself to God. Give him what he desires the most. Give him you, give him access to you. Just simply say yes, Lord, to him. This is what I encourage you to do. And if you're looking for the notes, I think you know what I'm saying as far as the giving. But if you're also looking for the notes, you can find, you can download those from the website. You can download from www.astoundinglove.org and click on lessons or just type that in and it'll take you to the page of where all of my notes and the downloads that we have thus far are made available. So um, I think that I have something there for this class and I will be, will be going back to update and bring more notes. It's just, I haven't, I haven't had anything to add because we've really been working on these. So now I'm at, I'm past my hour. And so I want to tell you, thank you again so much for joining us tonight. My name is Lunzing Lee. I am the pastor of Astounding Love, a global church fellowship in uh, Manteca, California. It has been my honor and my pleasure to be with you for this hour, plus a few minutes to teach on Kingdom 101 relationships. We will do another recording next week and look forward soon to more teachings on the blood, the power-filled voice of the blood of Jesus. Until next time, I bless you with God's astounding love. And I say thank you. I love you.